It's time for this week's Book Nook segment. Katie Kroshauer of the Quincy Public Library. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Um, the first book we're going to talk about is uh, one from a very, a, a, an autobiography from a very popular actress. Yes, yes. I have been listening to Anna Ferris is Unqualified by, of course, Anna Ferris. And I listened to this through our Libby app, which allows people to download ebooks and e audiobooks to their devices, listen on their phones, listen on their whatever, um, whatever device you happen to have that you want to use for that. Um, and it's great because she reads it out loud on the audiobook herself, which really, I just love it when authors do that, I especially do too. I prefer that. comedic authors. Um, you know, it's just so fantastic to hear her voice telling the stories about her own experiences her own life um and I have always enjoyed her from you know from the I think the first movie I saw her in was the um scary movie Mm -hmm. franchise and then of course house bunny and and watching her on mom for seven years you know just all of those great roles that she has brought that little quirky funny but very real character too and so the book actually kind of spun out of a podcast that she started doing in 2017 and even though the book itself was published before Anna and Chris um, Chris Pratt split up um, there is just a great theme throughout the entire book of how much she appreciated him and how loving he was and caring and thoughtful. And I believe the foreword was written after they (laughs) split up. Um, Awkward. Yes, a little awkward, but he still wrote it. And it it was still done with a lot of respect and appreciation for the person that she is and the way in which they, their relationship came together. Um, you can tell there was a lot of mutual respect and many common grounds, but as with many marriages, things don't always work out. So um, on the podcast, you know, she gets people to come in, she talks to celebrities, talks with her, um, kind of her stable of gurus, um, including psychologists and behaviorists and dating advice specialists and relationship specialists, and takes questions from the listeners related to relationships specifically. And, you know, then she goes on to answer those and then kind of condensed them down into this combination book, which is her own biography, Growing Up in Edmond, Washington, coming to um, Hollywood in the early 90s, and then that kind of that experience that she had becoming famous. She was actually more famous than Chris Pratt when they met, um, having their son, all of those fun things, but then sprinkled in with these great um, interviews that she has done with her own with her own friends and just that relationship advice, lists of things that are deal breakers, lists of things that are kind of like this is an awkward situation. How do you proceed? If this comes up in your life, what are you going to do to kind of get out of it and save yourself from, you know, future awkwardness? Um, but yeah, she's just, she's just so much fun, very self-deprecating and, and quite honest and raw about some of the experiences that she has had. I think, uh, yeah, I think when you, uh, a lot of these things, you know, sometimes when, um, you know, celebrities write books and, you know, you come up like, okay, or is this person, you know, shallow, or is this person whatever? But th- she's always come across as a very real and, and genuine person. And then I know a lot. I know her podcast is very popular. So yes. if this is sort of a compilation of that, plus with her her own life experiences, and then again, like you said, I think when they read it themselves, it's all and it's always more. It always comes across as more genuine. Yes, yes, and she really is very self-deprecating. She talks about, you know, the wonderful co-stars that she's had, and even though she has since left the show, Mom, you know, what a 
what an appreciation she had for the cast and the crew, um, how important it was for her to be able to stand up in front of them and say thank you and how much she appreciated their work, you know, before every taping during all of those rehearsals to to make sure she was speaking to them sincerely and from the heart, which I think so many actors and actresses, like you said, they're usually writing these types of memoirs for that self-aggrandizement or, you know, oh, it's time to do something for my brand and make myself more famous, as opposed to, you know, Anna just seems to want to make sure that that advice gets out to the rest of the world. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it sounds like uh, it's a, this is a very good uh, recommendation. Our uh, second uh, book is called The Longest Let's Go Boy by Derek Wilder. Yes, this is one that is a brand new book at the in the children's library. Um, picture book, probably for ages, you know, about five to eight years old. Um, when you start out the book, you realize that the main the the speaker, the narrator, is a dog. He is getting a little bit old. He calls it his old bones, you know, and and. One of the things I love about this book is the word play that is involved with it because the the dog is talking and he calls the cat Mew Mew and he talks about the tweeters and the the um, just all the animals in the forest that he sees, the branch jumpers and the fuzz hoppers. And, um, and so as you're reading this story to a child, this is going to be a great opportunity for you to work with them on what would you call these things? What, you know, what do you think the dog means when he's talking about the tweeters and the branch jumpers? You know, what are, what imagine, what do you imagine when you hear those words and see the pictures? Um, so great word play throughout the book, but it also deals with, grief and loss because of course the dog has reached his old bones and so this is the last time that he is going to get to take a walk with his forever friend human and um, you know and so then towards the middle of the book he has passed away it goes into winter and spring and he sees his human friend coming out with a brand new puppy who's going to get to experience all of the sniffs and the walks and the let's go boys and and things like that so helping children learn to deal with some of those emotions um, recognize that even though something is maybe gone or out of our sight doesn't mean that they aren't still there in our memories and it's always you know having having uh, children and dogs with our family and stuff and always having one older dog one younger dog and making sure you always have two and yes cycling them out to try to lessen that grief not only for yourself but also for the, the other dog oh absolutely because the other dog's like hey where's my buddy or mm -hmm. whatever and so you have to like hold well, on and then it's okay who's this new annoying thing and then <laughs> you know then that then again it's just sort of trying to okay let's just see if we can stay in the routine and keep some familiarity and again you're not you're still going to love the pet that you've lost but still you're you, you want to try to still you know for especially when you have the younger kids for that now as our kids are older i assume we will still do that because we do have one dog who is you know probably mm -hmm. getting close to 10 maybe so yeah. you know it's like you know in you know our, of course she's like 70 then so we're trying <laughs> to you know get that you know again now we ha we'll have to start having those conversations at some point but again i think that's you know dealing with uh you know dealing with loss for kids you know when 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 little kids lose grandparents or you know god forbid they lose any any uh, parent or whatever mm -hmm. it is it's it's great to to always you know just talk about it don't bottle it up absolutely and especially when it's something that can be illustrated in a way that you know that they can recognize that they can understand that and even you know again this is one of the reasons i love picture books is because 
even as an adult reading it, it triggers those memories of pets that have passed or it triggers memories of, oh, that was a really great time that I had with this dog or this cat when we got to do whatever, you know, and and really being able to recognize that sit sit with the emotion for a little while and then release it. Um, it's not ever closure because you're always going to remember them, but at least you can acknowledge it with hope and and anticipation toward what's going to come next. And then our uh, final book to talk about, another children's book, and this one is translated from Korean. Yes, this is called Magic Candies by Hina Bake, um, translated by Sophie Bowman. This is... Um, I, I keep struggling to try to find a way to describe the illustrations in this book. It's really almost a combination of like claymation stop action figurine and almost a mixed media collage. Um, and and interesting. There's a little Davy and Goliath feel to it. Yeah, it really does. You said you know Gumby earlier yeah, Gumby, when we yeah. were looking through it. Um, and so the the main character in this book is a young boy, and throughout the course of the book, you learn more about his life. But he just you know the beginning of the book you. Bring recognize that he feels very alone and he's he's just kind of not engaged with he doesn't have friends he doesn't necessarily have anyone else to spend time with he has his lovely little dog marbles um but he just doesn't doesn't do anything and so one day as he's heading home from the park he stops and he buys a bag of what i would think of as jawbreakers hard candies whatever and you know even though he doesn't know what they are, what kind they are. He opens his mouth and pops one in and realizes that the candies are making him empathetic to other animals and other humans and other things that are in his life. And so, for instance, one of the first ones he tries is the one that looks like that has the same colors as his sofa. And the sofa helps him find the remote control that was lost between the cushions. And then it talks to him about, you know, don't jump on me and, you know, and, and, Maybe don't rough house quite so much, things like that. So then the next one that the little boy tries, it looks like his dog. And so the dog says, again, you know, pets, what would pets say to you if they could talk in human speak? You know, I'm getting older, I'm tired, I don't want to run as much, you sometimes rough house with me, be a little more polite, don't pull my tail, whatever, whatever the dog is going to say to you. And then... The one that really hit me, and I think this is something that a lot of kids realize, um, you know, like, because when his dad gets home from work, it's this full page of just, what are you doing, and how are you doing it, and where's your homework, and did you finish this, and did you feed the dog, and did you brush your teeth, and did you wash your hands, and have you eaten anything, and blah, 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 like, all of this just uh, verbal huh? stuff that the dad is asking him, and it's so overwhelming to the boy, but then when he takes the candy that is that has the colors that his dad is associated with, all he hears is, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. And all of those questions really just relate back to how much the dad cares for him. I never liked jawbreaker-type candy. I was always afraid I was going to choke on it. But that was, I think that's a good uh, memory there, and that's a good association because I know, you know, when you were tucking, when, when you, know, you tuck your kids in at night and you, you go through all the checklists and sometimes they've, they've done half or they haven't done any or what have you. Uh, but, but yeah, then, then they get to the point where they're rolling their eyes and then they're point where they're old enough where it's just basically you see them once at night to eat and then you, like, might yell down the stairs, mm-hmm. hey, good night, or anything <laughs> like that, and you, you miss that. That part of it so uh, I think it's it's great uh, that that uh, you know kids will associate those memories with with objects like that or what have you so. yes and so you know I think this the message in this one so much is about being able to empathize and listen to understand 
um, rather than listening to respond, which of course, you know, one of the seven habits there. Um, but you know, that little boy has to recognize even with all of the other clutter and noise that's going on, I can still listen more closely to what other people are experiencing or I can feel what they're feeling. So getting that perspective. And then the the last candy is for him to help find his own voice so that when he um, goes to the park the next time and he sees somebody that is a new kid in the neighborhood, he can go up to them and, and ask them to play with him and invite them to be part of his community of friends. So some really good lessons in this one. Um, very unique illustrations, unique way that it is designed, but such a great way to introduce world literature for children to our community. Um, this is a new imprint from Amazon Publishing, so it's going to continue to grow. They're, go they're inviting specifically world authors to submit their works and to be translated into English so that there are more um, books about other cultures that are being published in the United States. Just don't choke on your jawbreaker. That's yes, my only please advice, don't so. don't have that everlasting gobstopper. No, let's not do that, so. <laughs> um, it's already next week's already February. I know. Where January go? And you got a lot of stuff going on in February. It looks like we do. We have so many things, and I I'm really glad that I was able to bring the calendar today. Of course, we have this week left in January. Lots of fun stuff going right. on, but you know. Coming up for next month, we have our Valentine's Day party with Leo the Library Lion. Um, that is going to be on the 12th at 10 o'clock in the morning. And we do ask that people make reservations the for that. The 11th or the 12th? Friday the 11th? The 11th, sorry. The 11th. I put it on the wrong date. Oh, my. <laughs> we'll fix it. That's okay. <laughs> But anyway, yes, yeah, so the, on that Friday, that Friday at 10 a.m., um, that's going to be our Valentine party with Leo the Library Lion, and always so much fun. That is also the same week that we have Puppet Show, so we'll be doing Sleeping Beauty. Um, just really fun, um, fun activities for all ages throughout the month of February. This week, I do want to highlight, we are doing our Puzzle Swap. This is the first annual, so we'll see if there's enough interest to do it again in the future. This week through Friday, you are invited to bring up to 10 gently used puzzles um, to the reference desk and we will give you a voucher for the number of puzzles that you bring in. Are you going to make sure all the pieces are in each one? Well, that's why we say gently used. This is the honor system. <laughs> Good luck with that. I'm not counting a thousand piece puzzles. Um, but we are hoping that the majority of them will have their pieces sure. and, and not have disgruntled puzzle lovers. But then on Saturday, bring your voucher back to the library and you will be able to choose the same number of puzzles from the selection that has been donated to the library. And, you know, if, if we have more than get taken, that's lovely too. We will share those with our delivery staff to take out to people who maybe are homebound or people in assisted living facilities. Um, and, you know, the friends of the library have, have sold puzzles in the past too. So we might be working with them depending on how many puzzles we get. So that's going to be a really fun event this week. And yeah, again, just lots of things happening in February. We've got our game night, our new adults edition, which, you know, any age is really welcome to come to this, but we're trying to invite, you know, kind of those post high school pre kids folks to come in and, right. you know, play tabletop games or board games or start a D&D campaign or whatever your role-playing game of choice is. We also have our, you know, our book clubs every single month. The bookies are getting ready to read His Truth is Marching On, which is about John Lewis. Um, so that's going to be a great read. We also have the Renaissance Readers reading Robinson Crusoe. Unshelved Book Club has chosen a really unique one for February, which is Sickened, um, written by a woman who was raised, um, her mother 
um, raised her with Munchausen syndrome. So that's going to be a really interesting discussion and, you know, just how does that happen? How do people not know? Things like that. Um, of course, every first Saturday we do our craft... Uh, creativity corner I can't talk today um, creativity corner and then the handicraft and how to so those are kind of two different crafting events that go on on that first Saturday and on the second Saturdays we have Dr. Wendell Mauter coming in continuing his series about the second world war yeah that sounds uh, that sounds pretty fascinating um, being a war buff and I think there's a lot of people who enjoy history and that yes. sort of thing. So I think that's something that uh, we'll have uh, we'll have a lot of uh, a lot of interest. Uh, one last thing I want to wrap up with uh, talking a little bit about the uh, the candid conversations on Saturday nineteenth. What the, the of February? What does that entail? So candid conversations is a group that was started several years ago, um, and they originally kind of grew out of our Socrates Cafe group because members wanted to speak about things that were a little more concrete. You know, the Socrates Cafe group kind of started out very philosophical and, you know, what is life? What is the meaning of everything kind of kind of discussions. And Candid Conversations really wanted to talk more about, you know, what is the the tipping point of vaccinations and what is the point of having, you know, voter rights or, you know, how do how do these things impact our world? And so Candid Conversations usually watches some sort of a video, a TED Talk. Um, we've watched the Stephen Hawking's Think Like a Genius series to discuss that, you know, what is possible in science or, or flight or time travel, um, and then have that discussion based around whatever the, the chosen video is. So that is a great opportunity just to come and have a discussion, even if you don't know anything about the topic before you get there. Um, you can watch the video, listen to other people's commentary, and then respectfully have that conversation in a space that allows you to have it without, um, without fear of being attacked or being trolled. Respectful conversation. Yes. That's the key. There. That is the so, key is respectful that, conversation. That, that sounds like some bad talk radio thing that could just go nuts. So uh, I'm, I'm glad you're stressing that. And again, it's, you know, it's always good when two adults can, can sit in a room and have a conversation, can agree to disagree. We don't have enough of that in the world these days. Yes. So, and, I'm, you I'm, know, I'm that, that sounds very promising. When the groups were started, you know, that was really the focus. We wanted to make sure that people understood this is not about proving you are right and I am wrong or vice versa. It is about finding ways to experience what other people's opinions are, what their experiences are, and using that to illustrate your own movement through the world. Um, not This is not a debate. It is a conversation. Right. And, it, and, you know, we're in our own, so many of us are in our own echo chambers right now and in our own bubbles and we don't get out of it anymore. And again, it's, it's both sides. It's everybody's guilty of it. And everybody says the other guy's guilty of it, but it's really everybody. So I, again, that's, that's promising. And again, that's uh, certainly more of the things that we need and uh, another great service provided by the Quincy public library. Katie, thank you for your time. Thank you so much. All right. And we'll catch you next week on book nook.